This is episode 52 of Ships with Drew Montesantos. Welcome to Ships. My name is Pat McAndrew, and I am a professional actor, speaker, and coach. In every episode, we discuss a message related to the most important vessels in our lives. Thanks for being here today. Now let's set sail. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Ships Podcast. So thankful to have you for this episode. So thankful that you are tuning in, and I hope that you gain a lot of wisdom, a lot of insight from our very special guest of the day, which is Drew Montesantos. He is the Chief Empowerment Officer of SignOff, a digital wellness startup that is empowering humanity towards a more intentional relationship with technology. SignOff is proud to call Chicago home, where they curate phone-free experiences and empower local schools, businesses, and families through coaching and conversation. They're also in development on some exciting hardware and software products. Drew spent over three years as an IT consultant, assessing humans' control over technology before launching SignOff in 2018 to do just the opposite. He's a pretty happy guy, especially when he's with his family or within sight of some mountains. Coincidentally, two of the best times to sign off. So you are in for an incredible episode with Drew today. He walks us through the creation of sign off based on his own past experiences on how he was looking for solutions in order to improve our relationship with technology. He talks about how he can't be the judge or jury of people's tech use, but how we can use social accountability in order to improve our relationship with tech. We also discuss about the importance of people being on board when it is a shared mission, the importance of sitting in moments of silence, and how mental health is the biggest part of this whole puzzle when it comes to technology use. So please let me know your thoughts on this episode. I would really love to hear from you. Drew is coming from a wealth of experience, and I'm really excited for you all to tune into this episode. I think it is an especially good one. So let me please introduce Drew Montesantos. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Ships Podcast. Today, our guest is Drew Montesantos. Drew, thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks for having me, Pat. I'm excited to be on the show. I'm very excited to dive into this conversation. You and I got connected, I guess maybe it was like, was it about like a year and a half ago around somewhere around yeah. there? Yeah. Yeah. It was, I, I think it was around spring or summer of 2018. And 
it really came at a time where a lot of us who are now part of the Digital Wellness Collective were reaching out to one another and are all pursuing this work of digital wellness and really trying to teach people on how to use their technology more mindfully. And so that's how we got connected and we've been connected ever since. And now I'm, I'm really excited to have you on the show. Yeah, it's been really fun to follow everything you've been up to. And your podcast, I just want to say, is such high quality. And I, I respect the way you handle these things and how you select your guests. So I'm excited and honored to be a part of that community. Well, thank you so much, Drew. I appreciate that. I'm wondering if you could maybe just start off by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself and where are you from and what led you on the path that you're pursuing today? Yeah, no problem. So I grew up right outside Chicago in the suburbs and I've spent most of my life here, but I went to school out west in Montana where I studied business and ended up coming back home to start my career in IT consulting where I, I kind of had a, a pretty fast-paced experience, you know, working with young people. Um, I enjoyed the work for what it was, you know, not necessarily um, a, a huge purpose in uh, the IT consulting world, but it was still rewarding in that I was, I was growing as a professional and I value everything I got from it, but it just got to the point where I felt like I wasn't growing as an adult at, after a couple of years of doing that. And it kind of coincided with um, an urge I've always had to, to kind of um, build my own uh, idea, kind of to capitalize on one of the many ideas I had ever since I was a kid. Right. And it kind of fell into my lap that phone use was something I had always been fascinated with. You know, like our generation, we have seen it come from nothing and kind of, you know, trickle in with the the phones we started out with like my first nokia brick phone and uh, the way classic that kind of, yeah. yeah and that's that's what i had up until college so for that to kind of explode while i was in an environment like that was a really cool you know front row seat to the show and i also had the perspective of being an older brother to seven siblings wow so, yeah yeah and that I mean, once I got back from college and I was around, you know, there's a, a significant age gap between me and most of them. So I was able to come back and see now that we had these devices in our hands and I was using it one way and they were using it in their way. And I just kind of had this realization, you know, working long hours in a corporate environment and trying to stay connected with people and only doing it through that device just felt so shallow. So my mission kind of became to connect on a deeper level with my relationships than just like checking them off a to-do list, which is what it kind of feels like when you're just, you know, shooting people a text. Um, even calling sometimes doesn't feel like enough for the, you know, the really important relationships. Sometimes it's all we can do. Yeah. But yeah, um, I think seeing it in my younger siblings is what absolutely drove me to leave my job and to focus on it full time. And that's, that's how sign off started. Yeah, it really is incredible. I, I, I would absolutely agree with you too. It's really this, just this life experience where we're at this moment where if you really take time to observe your surroundings and really be present and 
focused and listen in a way to what's going on around you, you really notice this shift. And it's exactly what you're like, what you were saying is you, you came back home and you saw all of your siblings and they were using technology in a different way than yourself. And it must've been this situation where it was like, okay, this, this smartphone, these, this, these, uh, social media apps, they really are changing the way in which we behave with one another. Yeah, absolutely. And what it was for me was the fact that it was all kind of growing and exploding and it still is kind of untethered. Like there were no checks and balances when it came to the apps that were landing on our phones and in front of our eyeballs. And we were, not equipped to kind of judge what was safe to use. So we just assumed that there was someone governing that. But, you know, we still still know as we see Zuckerberg in front of um, like Congresswomen and in these courtrooms now that they're still figuring this stuff out. So for the last 10, 15 years, they've just kind of been running rampant with our attention and abusing it, for lack of a better word. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And I think it's only now we're beginning to really realize, okay, what's going on? Like, what, how is this phone sucking all of my attention at all moments of the day? We're only starting to become aware of that. And only now are messages or news stories really starting to be spread about the impact that screen time and social media has not only on our physical health, but also our mental health as well. And it's organizations like yourself, like SignOff, that are really doing some in incredible work when it comes to spreading awareness. Really, not necessarily that technology is a bad thing, but that we want to make sure that we're using it in a mindful way and that we're not just yeah. endlessly consuming. Yeah, exactly. And that's something that I learned early on, and I give a lot of credit to Nina and the founders of the Digital Wellness Collective for kind of bringing us together um, as creators in this space on, you know, in a united way, the way that we've had petitions go out that have been signed by thousands of people. And we've created a lot of the content that creates the awareness and we've thrown events and retreats. And that's what we're excited to be a part of from kind of the ground floor. And like you said, the tide is definitely changing and people are not only more aware of it these days, but they're also more actively looking for solutions, which is obviously, you know, when we talk about getting into this business as a, as a business, you know, that's something to be considered where people just thinking, you know, we're on our phones a lot, but that's the way it is. And we need them to kind of think, all right, how can we fix this? And, and that's where the opportunities arise for those of us in the collective to to make it a mutually beneficial um, relationship with the creators of responsible tech and the consumers. And something that I specifically love what you're doing with SignOff and something that's highlighted in your mission, it states that you want to empower humanity towards a more intentional relationship with technology. And I really love that word that you use, empower. You know, it, it, it almost takes things a step further than simply educating. And obviously, there's a lot of value in educating as well. But I really love how you use the word empower. And so I'm wondering, how can we empower humanity to do exactly what your mission states? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think that the way that that came about, which was organic and kind of 
took a while to get to, you know, I'll, I'll take this time to tell a little bit of the timeline of sign off because it'll explain that answer in a better way. Um, so basically we started out as an app that would understand your screen time, um, kind of work in with the operating system of your device and help you set limits for yourself. And if this sounds a lot like what screen time became, that's, that's why we didn't end up finishing the app because what we were building ended up kind of getting offered to users by the phone. And that again, is the result of that changing tide and um, people being vocal enough to ask for that from, from the people who could really affect the most change, which are the creators of those systems. So that was really validating for us. Um, but at the same time, kind of a moment where we were like, our, our, was our time wasted? And obviously we were able to find the silver lining in that which was you know the what we were learning and building that app was just how complex the issue was like it started out like hey we just want to know how much time person a is on their phone and maybe how many times they're opening it throughout the day and then help them set some goals but you start to interview people and learn just how different everyone's relationship is with technology for better or for worse you know someone could be on their phone eight hours a day for a really good cause like they're across the world and they really value FaceTime with their family or their their job requires it like we realized we couldn't be the judge and jury of what apps they should be using and how long they should spend on them because people take joy from all different kinds of technology so what we came to was kind of this like I said organic pivot that we had towards a product because we wanted to take advantage of this collective energy that we were feeling and that we were seeing, you know, as the digital wellness collective was growing and, and we started to see a little bit more noise. Um, we wanted to start building products that could, could incite a little bit of social accountability and the way that people could, you know, say to the world, like, Hey, I am being more intentional about my screen time. Feel free to help me out with it. And we haven't released these products yet, but you'll start to see what we're talking about. Hopefully by the end of this year, early 2020, basically our products will live in the spaces where some, some uh, focus or some person-to-person -person connection can be valued. And that could even live on the phone as an accessory. Um, and we think that kind of inciting, like I said, that social accountability from your family and friends and letting them know that this is your goal can help empower a person because they will take that social accountability and spin it into their own choice and their own habits and it, it'll kind of snowball from there and another aspect of it is that with all this noise and all of this kind of content that is reminding people how toxic their relationship is with their devices it can be a little bit intimidating and it can feel like you know where do i start so what our products do and what a lot of our coaching is is based on is you know it's not an easy thing to overcome there's a lot of things working against you but we are versatile and we are able to work through this and kind of get towards a more intentional relationship so to empower someone is to not tell them you know like here's something that will lock you out of your phone like here's a product where we're going to lock it from you and trust us that that's the solution. No, it's going to be something that is still a choice. And that's 
what's going to open you up to making better choices in other other aspects of your life too. So we basically want to combine education in a way that empowers and makes it the, the choice of our, our consumers. I really love that a lot. And that's something that myself personally, I'm starting to gain a deeper understanding as well with is giving people agency to make their own choices on how they should best use technology. Of course, educating them on all, all the re resources, different tools that can be helpful for them, but then also revealing that you know, it, this is your choice. You choose what's most helpful for you. And specifically what you were talking about with social accountability, I, I, I absolutely love that a lot because it really takes this, because our relationships with our phones are very personal. Really, it's just this oftentimes one-on-one -on -one dialogue that's happening between ourselves and the device. Occasionally, we might show a uh, funny video to a friend, but it's a very personal relationship. Whereas with what you're doing with social accountability, it really allows it to open up and really create this cohesive community that is an absolutely beautiful thing. And I think something that we need of a lot more in this world today. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that we kind of learned from from our events and we took it into our work with schools and I'll explain a little bit more how we came to that. Um, so basically the social accountability, you know, when you're at an event that is labeled as phone free, it's kind of refreshing, you know, no one's going to abuse that kind of optional rule where, you know, we don't take your phone again, it's your choice. If you have an important call, go ahead and take it. But, um, yeah, when you're in a room with a bunch of people that chose to intentionally, you know, get offline and get off the grid a little bit, we found that that was super powerful. Most people would actually give us their phones and we'd throw them in our big phone bucket and talk about our feelings, depending on the event. Sometimes we just get together and uh, see some live music or dance or um, sometimes hear from from some local poets here in Chicago. So really intimate, intimate settings. Um, where the choice is given, but the social accountability helps with that choice. And then acknowledging that it is a very difficult choice, you allow the people around you to help you kind of stick to it. And we think that's super powerful. And the way that we've taken that into schools is we're building a product that will offer the student a place for their phone that is still in their possession so that the the school doesn't deal with the liability of taking phones or or having to unlock them um, you're giving the student the choice and i know it's a little counterintuitive to think that kids will make the right choice but what we're learning and what i think a lot of people are learning is that we blame that young generation for being phone addicts when if you really really talk to them they're pretty aware of things like right. impressively aware yeah. of things and uh, there, there are leaders and there are followers and there are kids that will, you know, obviously say, I'm not going to put my phone anywhere but in my hands or in my lap. And I, like, I don't I don't trust whatever sign off is trying to do. But we we're expecting and what we're seeing in in test groups is that the leaders and the followers kind of have or I guess I, I should say the leaders have more power than people realize. And 
the social accountability that takes place in a classroom is also very powerful. It can work against us if, you know, everyone decides on that first day when it gets introduced that they're not going to use it. But as, you know, maybe one kid puts their phone in its designated spot that we've created, maybe everyone else will think, okay, if, if he or she can do it, I can too. And then it becomes, you know, who's going to grab their phone first and it can kind of become gamified in a good way on its own without actually teaching these kids that phones are bad. You're going to get a detention if you use it. Whereas, you know, that's not going to happen in college. They're not going to have someone telling them what to do. And that's, you know, that's why we're working with high schools to empower kids to make the right choice. And, you know, use your phone if it's going to help you in your class and your teacher is okay with it. Um, go ahead and grab it. We're not going to lock you out of it. But be intentional about it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it really is so much of it is the phrasing and the verbiage that you use when talking to whether it be students or, or a specific community in a way that it's, is serving them and not, not yeah. as a way of like scolding or talking down to it really provides this environment where you really want these students to thrive. And that, that's what I think is the amazing thing about not only the products that you, you're planning to release with sign-off, but also the orchestration of live events and live experiences. And I wanted to ask you, well, why do you believe, just given your experience, that live experiences are so important in today's digital age? I think for a number of reasons. The one, I, one that I mentioned is just having a group of people together with a collective mission is super, super powerful. And especially when it's something kind of that counterintuitive, people are one, curious, and two, really, really on board when it's a shared mission. So we'll see people come to our events and almost, you know, depending on how it's been communicated or how they heard about it, sometimes people don't even realize that it's phone free. They just think like, oh, it's some live music or I know the person who is who's reading poetry at, at this event or who is um, inviting me to game night at this cool spot. And we'll tell them a little bit about sign off. Um, we don't really force it down anyone's throat. But when you sit with that feeling, you know, when you reach in real time, you reach into your pocket and you realize your phone's not there or you bust it out and remember like, oh, everyone's going to kind of shame me for this because we decided on this at the beginning. It's it's powerful and people kind of have to sit with that anxiety. And usually we offer, if people stick around, um, a place where we can talk about it after. And we've just heard that it's such a powerful um, experience to kind of realize in that moment that you know, you hear all the noise and you hear the people are addicted. And then when you start to feel that little anxious pull um, towards, you know, your phone when you're in, you know, maybe outside of a group conversation and you feel like, you know, a little bit of awkwardness, sometimes it's good to just sit with that and get used to it. And <laughs> yes, um, even those times when you're like, I don't know, eating alone or sitting, standing in an elevator with a bunch of people, just try and maybe not spark a conversation or anything, but just sit with your thoughts and be content in that. I think that it's something that we could all use a little work on and we don't get enough of, but yeah, that ties in with the events in one way. And then there's obviously um, just the, the human connection. It's, 
you know, it's proven to actually change our brain chemistry to, to look someone in the eyeballs. So getting together and kind of having that, um, that reason to, to be in person these days is just, I think rarer and rarer, unfortunately. So we're, we're glad to offer that to people. Yeah, it's absolutely true. I think that I'm a big believer and a big reason why I started this podcast too is that I think that the value of relationships is only going to become more and more important as technology continues to advance. And so live events like the ones that you're talking about, or even those moments where you were saying where you're in an elevator or maybe you're waiting in line where nowadays so many people fill that time by looking at their phones. It's those sort of moments of whether it be introspection with yourself or sitting in those moments or at the live events, interacting with people. Those are like the most human moments. And like you were saying, it, it really alters our brain chemistry and how we feel about ourselves and how we feel about the lives that we're pursuing. Yeah. And that it all ties into mental health, which is the biggest piece of all this by far, in my opinion. And that's that we're seeing this rise in anxiety and depression. And that's, you know, not, not something that can really be argued because um, it's across the board. And it's, it's the fact that you know, if you are in a situation where you're a little bit uncomfortable these days, and I'm not trying to say that it's all because of phones, but you're trained, you've trained your brain that you're not going to sit there in that awkwardness or that solitude, you're going to occupy your mind. So the danger there is that when you have real things to work through that are beyond just awkwardness, you know, you're going to shy away from them and turn to a distraction, whatever it is, it might not be your phone. But I think people are are talking less about deep things in person, which is where those things can come out and you can work through them and, and kind of learn more about yourself. And that that's something that I've really loved about this whole experience, you know, stepping off of what I would call like the normal path, which was, you know, college, career, keep on moving up the ranks in corporate America. Like I thought it would be all like a cool departure, but I've had this, you know, the last two years since I've started this thing, I've had my own mental health journey. And it's something that, you know, every time I grow in it, I want to share it with people. So I think that addressing our reliance on technology is a good way to get to know yourself because you start to wonder, you know, how much control do I have? How much control should I have? And then, you know, where did that come from? Where did that lack of control maybe come from that I went into my phone for that long when I didn't really want to deep down? So you kind of, you know, you have to address a lot about yourself when you address phone use. And that's why ultimately we didn't feel like it was anyone's place to tell anyone what they should be doing on their phone. It's more, you know, address the fact that it needs to be more intentional and it needs to be a more mutually beneficial relationship with whatever technology you use. And that's what we're hoping to kind of create awareness around with our products and events. Yeah. I, I almost feel like, or I, I, I believe that a lot of people, and I'm guilty of this as well. I think we all are where sometimes we use the phone as a crutch or almost a form of escape to escape those uncomfortable moments, escape those awkward moments, or 
moments where we don't want to face within ourselves, we'll just pull out our phones in, in a way to sort of like hide our emotions or certain things that we might be feeling that we might not want to be feeling. And I, I love how you put that, that really addressing our relationship with our tech really allows us to know more about ourselves on on that sort of mental health level. Yeah. Yeah, it's a powerful thing to just check in with yourself and it's something that not that many people do on a regular basis. Um at least from my experience. Maybe it's the people that I'm surrounded with, but I have a feeling that it's pretty widespread and you know, mindfulness is growing and I'm thankful for that. And we're, we're, again, happy to be a part of it and spread that message. And we're just figuring out how best to spread it. Right. Now, there's a lot of people, I, I feel like now with the spread of digital wellness, digital well-being, really awareness is being spread about what this is exactly that we are trying to educate people on how to use technology more mindfully. And I, I feel like sometimes people, or the, rather the general population, maybe not people like ourselves who, who have been working in this field, but the general population might say something like, oh, digital wellness, like, do they mean like a Fitbit or, or like, you know, they might be like a little confused by the term. So I'm wondering from your experience and your perspective, what does digital wellness mean to you? That is a phenomenal question. I would say that well, I mean, it's it's going to fall in line with your your mental wellness, you know, your financial wellness. It's just a pillar of, you know, even your your diet. You know, it's how much you can take in in a healthy way without it adversely affecting you in any way, whether it's just your mood or your relationships or your productivity. Um, so it's yeah, it is a large blanket term. But what I would say, if I had to define someone who is at a good level of digital wellness, it would be someone who has a relationship with tech where it is a give and take in that they they can take from it only what they want and what they intend, and then they can set it down. So if if someone goes through their day and can look at their screen time or even just a ballpark figure in their head and think, you know, I got I got what I wanted out of that today, then that's a healthy relationship. But, you know, breaking that down into the smaller moments, um, I think if you find yourself like in a scroll hole on social media or, you know, I guess on, a, on some random forum, just, you know, flipping through it at night in bed, that's, you know, generally not healthy. And most people would say they don't intend on doing that. Like it wouldn't be on their to-do list at the beginning of the day. So... <laughs> Right, uh, right. I guess what it would involve would be, and sorry, this is such a long-winded answer, is like taking your idea, your personal idea of what tech can offer you, you know, being open to new things, you know, not closing your yourself off from new technology, which can be beautiful, but kind of level setting with yourself and being like, okay, set a goal, try to meet it. And that's how you can get, you know, same way you, you do a diet, same way you set a budget. It's like, here's how much tech I think is healthy for me based on how often I want to do X, Y, and Z and just try to get there and don't put too much pressure on yourself. Yeah. I love that. And then figuring out a way to make it sustainable and, and work with your lifestyle. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I deal with that just on a entrepreneurial level. Like 
I feel like the to-do list never quite ends and I'm sure you can relate, but you have to get to a point where you're, you're proud of yourself and you have to do that by reflecting on the overall journey. So if you start a digital wellness journey, if, if someone listening to this podcast says, you know what, I'm, I'm going to set a goal, you know, make, make a short-term one and make a long-term one. And you might miss both, but it's, they're both going to be further along down this path than you were when you set them. So you have to be proud of your progress and even adjust along the way. Like I said, things change, especially these days at a very rapid rate. Like I, I want to give a cool example because I just actually talked to this team today. Um, there's a new app called Fabric with a Q and they're getting a, a shout out here that I don't think they'd be expecting, but it, <laughs> it's basically like a way to manage your personal relationships. And without spending too much time, I think it's like a touchy subject for tech to get involved with. But I spoke with them because of kind of the similarities of our missions and how, you know, tech can be seen as like, oh, that has no place in reminding me to check in with my aunt who had this going on. But if you accept that tech can actually help us in a ton of ways, like you can actually deepen a relationship using whatever AI that they might have created. And, you know, being open to tech is super important to the, the whole mission, because if you're just completely closed off to it and new things that might come about that can actually serve you as a human towards your other goals, um, I think that's just as important as closing off the ones that are detracting from your humanity. Yes. Yeah, I really love that a lot in that the opportunity to be open to tech, to use your words exactly, will really allow us to, I, I think with new innovations like this company that you're talking about, really there are going to be ways, and I think we'll see more and more of this as time goes on, in which technology is actually helping improve our relationships. And I think, uh, at least in my experience, the ability to use relationships to make initial contact through technology has been a game changer for me, really connecting with people like yourself. Like we would, we probably wouldn't have met if it weren't for the internet, if it weren't for uh, different websites or forums. And it's those kind of things that, you know, and those sort of things have been around for a while now, but I think we'll start to see companies like the one you, you mentioned where, Really, the focus is human connection and relationships. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited to see it serve that purpose as we kind of require it. You know, we have the power to ask technology creators for those types of creations. And if we if we just keep mindlessly consuming, we'll keep receiving kind of toxic versions of social media and those attention grabbing news websites and all the other issues that come with just kind of rewarding our lizard brain with, you know, clicking on the thing that makes us the most excited, that's going to feed their algorithms the wrong thing. So the, the fact that the tide is changing and that things like Fabric are getting funded, I think they got funded because it's a pretty sleek looking app. Um, but <laughs> yeah, they, uh, they're going to, they're going to be growing with us, you know, like even sign off, we we've come to the point many times where we're like, okay, are we ready to raise money or are we still figuring out this space? And I'm sure again, you can relate 
And a lot of people that are working on solutions, maybe under wraps or maybe publicly, um, is this community even ready for a solution that they'd be willing to spend money on? Like, can, can I quit my job? Is it responsible to quit my job and try to build a business in this space? And I think we're getting there. And I think that once companies like the ones in the digital wellness collective start seeing success, it opens the doors big time for, for really cool new tech. Like I, I do think we will see a really, really game changing version of social media in the next couple of years. And people think, you know, nothing can beat out the big names we know now, but you know, they, they all came about in the same vicinity, the same type of, uh, competitive landscape. You don't see them coming, but when people start asking for it, things will start being built. That's how it works. Yes. It's actually very exciting to think about it in that way, like phrasing it that way. So <laughs> sometimes I'm always, I'm talking about like how, oh, it's important. We need to take time away from tech. Like it's important to connect, like build relationships. Obviously that that's like central to my work and really central to who I am. But phrasing the way that you just spoke about with regards to the the potential in which uh, technology is going to advance and what can be created down the line in order to better serve humanity based on what the conversation is right now in spreading awareness about how much we're using technology and how it's focused on like the attention economy and everything like that. But the way that you're phrasing it, it, it actually puts a, a really neat positive spin on technology advancing and really opens our eyes as to what could be possible if technology were built with humans in mind or with humanity at its core. Right. Yeah. We can't even imagine what the next wave of tech will be. And I mean, it's, it's hitting us every day as, you know, AR and VR comes out and you see shows like Black Mirrors try to tell you, you know, the downsides of those things. Um, but those types of realities, it's gonna, it's gonna be kind of a photo finish, in my opinion, the way that it's been going, um, without sounding too pessimistic, um, if, if companies were able to move quickly in this way that they've been kind of un, unbounded by any governance when it comes to privacy or mental health. You know, they, they were on their way to creating things that were completely immoral and they've probably already been created. Like some of the features in our social media and in our phones definitely don't have our best interests in mind as humans. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's at the point where I think this work obviously is super important. That's why I'm devoting my time to it. But I think everyone needs to really wake up on it in, in a sense and not only understand it for yourself, but start conversations with your loved ones and understand that like it, it seems like just a thing to say right now. I mean, we're gaining steam to say like, hey, we're all addicts, but to actually have an intelligent conversation and do your research it goes a long way in, in changing habits around you and it's it's exponential from there. So it's paramount that we do that right now and kind of spread the message before, I mean, before it's too late. I'm, I'm making it sound like it's apocalyptic, but you can really picture things can just go 
go haywire. Yeah. I mean, in some ways, though, you're right in that a change does need to be made. And I think that both you and I agree that in the work that we're doing, we do believe that a change will be made, or at least we're hopeful <laughs> that that a change yeah. will be made. And thinking about the incredible possibilities that lie ahead if that change is made is actually really exciting. But yeah, I absolutely agree with you that if things stay on the trajectory that they're currently on, the future doesn't really look that interesting. <laughs> If, right. if if everyone's just going to be endlessly consuming. Yeah, that's where it excites me talking to the younger generation because it is a lot like the smoking epidemic is that it's generational. We still have the oldest generation of smokers almost in denial and saying like, oh, I'm 80 and I've smoked a pack a day. You know, there's there's people that never got on board with that and there are people that will be phone addicts for the next, you know, Till, till they're in the older generation. And, um, you know, it might not even be phones. It'll be people that are kind of just irresponsibly consuming tech, whatever that could look like, whether you're kind of just entering into a virtual world, you know, it's, it's agreeing and kind of moving towards a healthy version of those technologies that will be generational, I think. And that's why I think the younger generation being as aware as they are will make big changes and they will require it from technology. And that's when we'll start to see things that really do serve us all for the better coming from innovation. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Makes me even more curious just talking about it, what's to come. <laughs> you know, well, I guess <laughs> yeah. we'll all have to stay tuned. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hopefully we can be a part of it. Yes, yes. So... I mean, as we've discussed, this has come up multiple times throughout our conversation. We've talked a lot about the importance of connecting with each other as human beings, the importance of building community, of really establishing relationships. And you are really creating this vessel with sign-off in order to be able to do this, which I I commend you for because it really is important work that needs to be done. We really do need to make this strong effort and really this movement to educate people on how to how to communicate and how to relate with one another and how to really build those deep meaningful relationships. So with all of that said, I'm wondering what would you say is your definition of a deep, meaningful relationship? That is a phenomenal question. I would say similar to that definition of wellness that I gave, where it's kind of a give and take. I think that a healthy, genuine relationship is not necessarily just an easy one. It's one where both parties can put it, put themselves in each other's shoes and not just tell each other what they wanna hear, but tell each other what's gonna help them grow. So I, I think of that, you know, the people that are in my life that can tell me the harder things are the ones that I respect the most. And that's what I strive to do in my relationships. It's not always easy. And it's not like I'm always dissecting my relationships either. But I think that if you are truly empathetic and caring for someone, which is the sign of a true relationship, then you're willing to do things 
for their sake that might not be the easiest route for you. So I think, I think that's something I strive to do to have difficult conversations. And, and um, I think it lends itself to my mission too. Not everyone likes to be told that they're a phone addict, but there, there are ways of going about it. And obviously way more important things that I'm suggesting can be talked about in a deep relationship. But I think that's a huge, huge part of it. Yeah. And just the growth that is made when you sit down and have those difficult conversations that you really don't want to have, but then that relationship deepens and grows so much because of that. So yeah, I really like that a lot. Yeah. Oftentimes those hard conversations, you know, they can create distance and that is hard, but the right relationship is the one that will respect you more for it and thank you for it and understand that it came from a place of love. So if you don't have those and if you hold them in, you're really doing both parties a disservice. So it's that's what I try to remind myself is that, you know, I might have some relationships that are coasting along because they're easy, but if I'm holding back from something that I think can help them grow or help us grow in a certain direction, then I might as well put it out there because if they don't take it well, that might just be a sign that we weren't meant to be as close as I thought. Yeah. Oh man, it's so good. It's so good. Drew, thank you so much for coming on the ship's podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to be on the show. And I, again, I really appreciate the work that you're doing with sign off. It, it really is incredibly inspiring that the movement that you've created with your company and the the products that you'll be putting out the the live events that you put together it's incredibly important work and really anyone who is spreading awareness about the importance of relationships the importance of human connection and of mindful technology use i'm i'm uh their number one fan so so yeah thank you for having me on i think we've talked about awareness a lot and you're definitely doing more than anyone i know on that front so keep it up and um yeah if anyone listening is from the midwest or really anywhere feel free to reach out to me. Um, my email is andrew at signofftogether.com. And the ending of that is our website where you can find uh, a cool survey that'll help you kind of digest and dissect your own relationship with technology, as well as, you know, if you want to stay in tune with our events, you can hop on our mailing list or our social medias and uh, stay tuned for for new products. You can even be a part of testing for those if you'd like. Awesome, that's great. Well, I'll make sure to include the links to all of your social media handles, to your website. I'll be sure to include all of that in the show notes. So listeners out there, feel free to check out the show notes. All the links will be available in there. So Drew, thank you so much again for joining us on the show. Yeah, thanks again, Pat. have it everyone drew montesantos of sign off wow what a great episode i feel like drew and i really got into a groove talking about some incredibly important things happening in our world today when it comes to human connection and technology so i really hope that you gained a lot from this episode if you did please feel free to comment leave a review let me know your thoughts and I would love to hear from you. So feel free to subscribe. Also, if you have the Anchor app, 
feel free to call in and leave a voicemail. Said voicemail may be released in a future episode of Ships, so feel free to call in and let me know your thoughts. You also have the opportunity to support this podcast. Supporting this podcast will allow me to continue having on amazing guests just like Drew for your benefit. So if you'd like to support, feel free to click the link in the show notes. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Ships, everyone. I really appreciate you tuning in, gaining some insight and wisdom on the importance of human relationships as technology continues to advance. So thank you so much, and I look forward to seeing you all in the next one.